Welcome to the Brand Ambassadors, your wide-angle look at the field of PR and what it means for your company. Your host is Merritt Hamilton Allen with co-host Gary Potterfield. Every firm has a compelling narrative that sets them apart from the crowd. In your company, you can use your own background and storytelling to your advantage as well as that of your business. Now, here are your hosts, Merritt Hamilton Allen and Gary Potterfield. And good morning. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Merritt Hamilton Allen. And good morning, Gary Potterfield. This show is almost like a little, I was going to say biopic, except we don't have video. It's like a little bio podcast, I think, of Gary Potterfield's professional career. uh, Talk to to me and uh, tell our listeners uh, what's on tap today. Well, yeah, hi, Merritt. Um, yeah, I'm, this is really a, a, an ex- exciting, interesting show for me because uh, certainly for our guest, uh, Bill Gentile, we'll talk about him in a little bit. But um, um, the, the idea of storytelling in the in the age we're in, um, it just it, it it's counterintuitive, maybe I don't know because uh, of you know how the attention spans are just uh, going down to nothing. Um, but yeah, I mean the idea of uh, I, in the Navy, uh, we. Um, <clears throat> Uh, as you know, Merritt, um, many years ago, the journalist uh, rating in the Navy doesn't exist anymore, by the way, sadly. But uh, the journalist rating in the Navy, uh, w- w- you know, journalists were required to know photography, public affairs, uh, you know, uh, video and such. And so um, so we did have the opportunity uh, in the Navy uh, to 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 follow on for, for what what uh, what uh, folks like Bill uh, pioneered years and years and years ago, uh, the idea, out of necessity really uh, of the idea of, t- of having a, an individual journalist uh, go out and um, and 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 you know put put his gear on his back as much as he could and uh, and tell stories. So um, um, so yeah, I, I'm excited about this. I've had you know it was it, it, uh, one particular case. Um, in um, back in uh, 1990, what was it? 2000 or something. Um, I, me and, uh, and and a photographer, uh, we went down to uh, Tanzania, and um, and we we spent um, a week with the Tanzanian Army and the, and the U.S. Navy medical team, and and each of us had uh, literally a backpack with our with our what was then DV cam cameras in our backpack and and all the all the, the tapes and the associated gear and little small tripods and just were among all the people and um, you know shooting shooting stories as they came up and tried to be as non-narrative as possible so I remember um, so we shot a documentary on that and I remember coming back in the airplane and I was talking to uh, to him and I was saying boy I wish I could do this for the rest of my life um, so I'm I'm jealous of uh, of our guest because uh, he's been doing this for so long. It's just it's an exciting and interesting way um, to tell stories and and um, and and uh, yeah, I'm I'm just um, I'm I'm nostalgic and and happy at the same time. And for you, you sound giddy. I mean, listeners can't tell, but Gary Potterfield is super stoked right now. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, though, when we were visiting the Defense Information School uh, earlier in July, that was one thing we saw is they've redone their curriculum. And uh, the, the notion of uh, the backpack uh, uh, journalist, I think that's what, what they called it at Defense Information School is there's going to be one guy on the helo. And uh, that person's going to have to capture everything. 
and the and uh, the steps they take the students through, starting with a photo story, and then uh, make sure you've got good captions for cut lines, and then that becomes um, your narrative story, and maybe you want to shoot a little video. And in the last three days of the course, uh, you know, we saw uh, sailors. Uh, putting all their elements together in an organizational website. Uh, I, I thought it was a phenomenal oh. approach. Yeah, and, and and of course it's getting, um, if you were to go back, I mean, I can't, and it'd be interesting to hear from Bill about how it was, you know, 30 years ago or so trying to do this because of the fact that, you know, the, the, the technology uh, has has come so far, and that's the beauty of what's uh, the, what they're able to do at the Defense Information School and with uh, with the folks uh, in the military, and, and obviously in civilian journalism today, where you can have um, a single camera that can be both your video camera and your still camera, uh, depending on what you're using, uh, and you have your laptop with you, and uh, pretty much, and you have your you have your uh, cell phone with uh, uh, w- w- you know with. LTE service and you can upload from I mean you can just do so much now that uh, you couldn't do before heck heck even uh, you know we, we, we saw even uh, recently in recent years where, where there have been journalists overseas who are reporting right from their iPhones so uh, the ability to do mm-hmm. that kind of thing is um, uh, is really so the technology has made that much easier uh, how, how it must have been hard uh, years ago to do it but but I will tell you Merritt um, you know, if I were to think back to when I joined the Navy and, and was thinking about joining the Navy, you know, I had these, you know, romantic notions of uh, what it would be like to be a journalist. And, uh, you know, and, and I would say that, you know, that you got two different, in my mind, I had two different things in my head. You know, one was like the, you know, be, being around the, the crusty uh, city editor and, you know, and, and, and doing that thing. And the other one was going into far-flung places uh, alone and, uh, and being able to, you know, file your reports uh, at the end of every day. And um, so, uh, so uh, again, I got some taste of that um, during my l- latter part of my Navy career, and uh, it, was, uh, it was really compelling to me. Well, yeah, I mean, and filing, um, the way we looked at it 20 years ago, uh, or maybe you had to uh, wait for the satellite, or uh, I, of course, I remember faxing press releases. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, filing is, uh, you know, truly as much as having uh, a cell and uh, the the ex- continued expansion of bandwidth, which is its own, uh, I think, story of uh, uh, a public utility that's got to be managed. How much bandwidth do we have, and can we get 5G everywhere? Uh, it's it's a fascinating notion um, of uh, how journalists can now exploit that. And uh, unless unless there, unless there were you live, but what comes with that? Right, unless, unless there were where I live, um, <laughs> rural broadband for uh, for uh, uh, east the East Mountain region of New Mexico. Yeah. Uh, and I'll get off my stump stand and uh, go back to, you know, one of the challenges of this is we have so much information. Um, as as we talked about this episode, the world is louder than ever before, and there are uh, truly billions of voices out there. And how, so how do you distinguish yourself amidst all of this information uh, and storytelling noise, and come across with something compelling. Yeah, that's right, and I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very keen to hear what uh, what Bill's thoughts are on this because that you're absolutely right. Well, think about this, Merritt. We, um, you know, we we you and I, we're, we we do this digital signage um, 
uh, service for our folks. And that's part of the reason we do it is, is because there's so much information that people get that we're trying to find some way where we can actually get their attention. So I do wonder, you know, uh, what do you have to do to be able to get the attention of folks who use Snapchat and, Twi- and, and, and Twitter? I mean, how, do you, how in the world um, you know, can you get them to, to, to relax a few minutes and, and, and watch um, a compelling story? Um, and I'm, I'm keen to see how that's done. But, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's crazy um, how much information there is. And, and there, uh, I think we still are uh, missing stories, which is, uh, uh, I think, very, is very much a surprise uh, uh, to me. And I'm just going to uh, – I have to give a shout-out to uh, my, my brilliant niece, Joan Marie, and the D.C. Force Girls Baseball baseball team playing in the national championships in Rockford, Illinois. Um, it's the historical site uh, from our, the, uh, a league of our own, a league of their own. Uh, and the hashtag baseball for all. It doesn't occur to me in 2018 that uh, teenage girls in America are fighting for the right to play baseball. Right. Well, think about that. So, so that would be a perfect case, in my estimation, where, you know, you, you, if, if it were me, you put the backpack on my shoulder and, uh, with the, and, just, and travel with the team and, uh, you know, and just let them do what they do and, just, and, and have these wonderful stories that come out of it. Because that's the thing is once you start, once you put that ba- backpack on figuratively or, or literally um, and you're around, you just start seeing stories pop up, you know. It's like the sixth oh, sense, okay. except I see stories everywhere, you know. Yeah, it's like my sister Lynn has gone from adoring mama to um, uh, women's rights storyteller because she's doing just that. We've seen the opening ceremony. We've seen the D.C. Force march in the parade. We saw D.C. Force win their first game 10 to 0 with um, uh, Joe Marie scoring twice on an RBI and the game ending run. just to throw some stats out, and that's as yeah. far as I can get in baseball. But, I was impressed. Um, I was you, impressed, by the way. Yeah. You threw yeah, out the word yeah. RBI. Uh, impressive. Yeah, 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 yeah. I might even know what that stands for. But she, uh, uh, you know, so Lynn, Lynn is taking the tools, and uh, certainly uh, uh, baseball for all is very much focused on getting this story out. It shouldn't be uh, a matter of only huge metro areas like San Francisco and uh, D.C. being able to field girls' baseball teams. This should be um, a regional and a very local sport. And the storytelling, I think, that the national organization is using is doing a phenomenal job of uh, bringing the story to light. Yeah. Well, you'd never think of it. Yeah, the only thing, yeah, it, 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 it is interesting because the initial assumption when you see girls with, with, with gloves on their hands is, oh, it's, it's either fast pitch or slow pitch softball. Uh, there, there isn't right. even a, a concept of baseball. It wouldn't even, you wouldn't even think of it. So, what the heck? What the heck are they doing playing baseball? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. They're, uh, they're doing phenomenal is what they're doing. That's what they're doing. All right. Well, good. Uh, yeah, so, so the championship's coming up, the, 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 the final thing? They're there. Yeah. It's happening. Marine won our first game. Yeah, it's um, so it's going uh, it's going down this uh, weekend. So it's um, they're not calling it a World Series, which I I find interesting. But I'm going to call it the Girls World Series. It's taking place in Rockford, Illinois, this Excellent. weekend. And uh, keep your eyes posted for baseball for all and um, uh, DC Force. 
Excellent. Well, we're about to come up on a break here, and uh, and uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking to uh, Mr. Bill Gentile, who's an independent journalist and documentary filmmaker. He's uh, a full-time professor at the School of Jur- uh, Communication at American University, a school I like very much. And uh, he was the founder of the AU Backpack Journalism Project. And really, he, his, his, his background is so compelling and so and so there's so much to it that you ought to go to his BillGentile.com uh, website and look at his About page because you'd be really, really impressed. Um, but we're really excited to talk about it. And we will do that about storytelling uh, when you, with the brand ambassadors in about uh, oh, three minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program Welcome back to the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Merritt Hamilton Allen, joined by Gary Potterfield. And this week, 
week's guest, Bill Gentile. He is a full-time professor at the School of Communications at American University in Washington, D.C. He teaches photojournalism, foreign correspondence, backpack documentary, and the first Spanish language class ever taught in the School of Communication. And, you know, Bill, um, I want to talk about so much with you, but that last piece comes near and dear to my heart. I'm uh, talking to you from Albuquerque. And Spanish mm-hmm. language media is a huge market, and I think most Americans don't think about it. I know. You know, at American University, we're really trying very, very hard to to make the university and and the people who study there, the people who teach there, the people who are staff members there, we want to make our population look more and more like the population at at the general country. Uh, I've been on the diversity committee for a number of years, a couple of years. I actually co-chaired it. And we're we're working really hard to 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 you know bring Hispanics uh, um, um, you know into the the, the the school, and over the past five years the, the complexion of the school you walk around the campus and it's really changed dramatically. This you know American University is divided into six schools. I work for the School of Communication, as you said in your introduction, and um, you know thanks to our dean, a guy by the name of Jeff Rutenbeck, uh, we've actually you know spearheaded this whole diversity effort. So. It, it is, you know, we're making a difference, and, and I couldn't be happier uh, about it. As a matter of fact, you know, we just started the, the first student chapter of the National Association of Hispanic Journalists at American University. Um, it's, the first, it's the first organization of its Love kind it. in the D.C. area. Yeah, that's, that's tremendous. That's wonderful. Hey, hey, Bill, I'd like to dive right in to talking about um, uh, the, the overall topic of our show, which is storytelling. And, I mean, you, heard, you probably heard me, you know, Merritt and I talking about the, the challenges today with, with the inundation of, uh, of information we get. Um, and, of course, you're, you're one of the, one of the you know, premier people in the, in the idea of backpack journalism, which is, of course, about storytelling. What's your take on, on the world today in terms of in, information and, and how storytelling can even be, uh, play a role. You know, as you know, my background is, is, is varied, and I started out as a print journalist a long time ago, 1977, working for an English-language newspaper in Mexico City. Right out of graduate school, I went to, for an internship. Supposedly, it was going to last 10 weeks. It lasted, I stayed at the newspaper for a year and stayed in Mexico for four years uh, and evolved into a correspondent for United Press International. During that, you know, the, 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 my, my career, I've moved from being a print correspondent, a radio correspondent, and I finally settled on being a visual correspondent, um, which I think, you know, technology has allowed us to, to, to perform this task that's involved in being a backpack journalist, uh, as you know, uh, which is defined by one person or a very, very small team using the latest technology to tell powerful stories. Tell you a little a little story within this story. Uh, on my first assignment for National Geographic Television, which I think was in the late '90s, um, I was sent to Chad to to do a series about a reporter and a photographer who were working on a a, a broad story about uh, um, uh, Chad and its uh, uh, you know um, political struggles and and um, desert desertification and so forth. And and one of the places we went to were were, were these these cave uh, dwellings, and, and 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 inside these cave dwellings, which were really kind of like indentations in, in in mountainsides, rocky mountainsides, there were cave drawings. And I was making pictures of of this very very famous photographer uh, making pictures of these cave drawings, and it occurred to me there that I was watching the work of our visual communicators ancestors in the sense that 
you know, these men or women who made these drawings of, of people, vegetation, that's no longer in the Sahara Desert because it, because it has become desertified. Um, it wasn't desert when they made these drawings. But these were our, 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 our forefathers or foremothers who made those drawings. There's something innate in all of us that, that, that forces us or that, that brings us to, you know, examine what, what we are doing, document our lives, document the people, the animals, the, the vegetation around us. And, and we are able to do this today with technology that is, of course, much more advanced than, than the, the vegetable dyes and so forth they use to make these cave drawings. But, you know, we're the same kind of, you were the same kind of people with a need to express ourselves and document what we're doing. Um, um, I think that, you know, visual communication, and, and you know, print journalism is never going to go away, but I think visual communication is the language of the future. This is what I teach my students at American University. No matter what you're doing, if you want to work for the State Department and go overseas, if you want to work domestically and, and work, with, with, work with society here, if you want to work for a nonprofit organization anywhere on the planet, if you can speak the visual storytelling language, you can document and get your message out you know, far more effectively than if you cannot uh, speak that, that visual storytelling language. That's basically what I, what I teach. And I, what I what I love about uh, your story is you figured this out as you went along through your career. You 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 decided you were multimedia before multimedia was necessarily a thing. But now you're t- teaching digital natives. What do you see your students um, who've grown up in this uh, super information packed world bringing to, uh, bringing to the table with their storytelling? You know, it, it, you're right. I mean, I, I was fortunate enough to to be able to kind of mutate or change along with technology because if you don't, I mean, and this is one of the reasons why I keep working in the field. You know, if if you don't get to the field and, and find out and figure out what's happening out there uh, with some of the people who are practicing the craft, then you get stale, and then you know you have nothing to bring to the table to your students. So my job, in part, is to is is to stay active in the field and and keep telling these stories. And you're right. A lot of the students, you know, I, I, I show students my work that I, that I made, like photographs, black and white photographs that I made for United Press International in 1979, covering the Sandinista Revolution in Nicaragua. And I, I show, I, I describe, you know, what we had to do, carry around entire dark rooms from story to story, from hotel room to hotel room, to set up dark rooms in bathrooms, uh, you know, to tape off all the windows and, uh, and, and the doors so you, you could actually have a dark room to develop film and, and, and prints. And then how we had to send these stories, these, these, these pictures, the eight by ten, uh, you know, black and white prints from places like Managua or San Salvador over a telephone line with a machine that took 14 minutes to move a black and white picture from, from San Salvador or from Managua to New York. And my students, <clears throat> you know, they, they sit there in wonderment and, 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 and just, you know, find it incredible that we were actually to perform, able to perform those tasks. They were raised in a time when, when you know, uh, uh, they were born with practically with cell phones in their hands. Uh, when I was working in the field doing, you know, th- that work in Central America and New Mexico, there was no Internet. There were no cell phones. We didn't have Facebook. None of this stuff existed. So I've been able to, to, to transform and, and, and change along with, with technology, and that's the key to, to staying vibrant and staying active and staying connected in the field. If you can't do that, you're going to get passed up. The message that I tell my students about, about telling these stories, and, and, and you're all right about how, how challenging the, the territory is now, how, how divided 
the, the market is out there, how segmented the, uh, the, the consumers are. Um, but you know, to me, the key to this whole, to this whole genre, the, the key to, to my field of practice is, and, and the key to storytelling is called character. You know, I worked for the first company in the United States of America. It was called Video News International. It was based in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It was founded by a couple of guys who really understood that these small digital cameras that were just beginning to hit the market, they weren't, you know, they weren't professional cameras. They were kind of consumer cameras, which we doctored up to do professional work. We were the first people in the country to use these cameras to do uh, a production for, for, for television. Uh, you may remember the series, which was wildly popular, called Trauma, Life and Death in the ER. Um, you know, right. I, shot, I helped shoot the pilot for that thing, and I probably helped shoot 20 more episodes of, of the, the, the series, which was one of the most successful uh, uh, in the history of the Learning Channel. But, you know, to do this stuff, you know, we had to find characters. That's the key to telling any of these stories. Um, while working for that, that company, Video News International, uh, I, I, I badgered these, these folks, my bosses, to send me to Alabama to do a story about a chain gang. Um, at the time, this, this, this prison in, in Alabama had decided that they were going to reestablish chain gangs, whereas they, they took prisoners out to the field to work on the highways, and they chained together their ankles five prisoners at a time. This was something that hadn't been practiced in the United States for the past couple of decades. And, and of course, there was, a, there was a, you know, a strong, very strong reaction, both pro and con, to this. At any rate, I had four days. My bosses gave me four days to fly from Philadelphia, go to Alabama, get to know these, the, you know, the, the, the people who ran the prison, stay inside the prison basically from, from sunup to sundown and tell their story. So my challenge was to walk into this place and out of 400 men who were in this prison, tell the story of the chain gang. How do you do that? You know, you can either decide to, to illustrate a print-type story or you can tell a compelling story based on character. And, 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 and during those four days, and I had to really hustle with this, you know, and find those, you know, a couple of people who I thought embodied the story of the chain gang, follow them around and weave their stories together um, into a broader picture about the chain gang itself. And, and the piece was wildly successful. Why? Because I found a couple of guys who were, who were number one, willing to tell their story, number two, um, had an interesting story to tell, and number three, were articulate enough to tell that story. And it was, you know, the, the, the people at VNI uh, uh, used this thing for years, the piece that I did was like 16 minutes long, to demonstrate what these small cameras in a small team can do, you know, how effective, how compelling right. they can be working by themselves. If I would have showed right. up with five or six people you know, in, in, in my production team, I, I would have never gotten the access that I, that I did. I showed up with one person, and, the, you know, the, the warden of the prison said, okay, where's the production team? And I said, I'm it. Yeah. He goes, yeah, but where's the team? I mean, where's the camera person? Where's the sound right. person? Where's the producer? I go, oh, no, no, I'm it. And I pulled this little camera out of my backpack and go, this is my production tool. And he said, hey, Bill, oh. Bill, we have to go, okay, we have to, go well, to break you know, or Bill, you know, we have to go to break now. Come into the prison when you want to and leave when you want to. Go ahead. 
Yeah, I was just going to say we have to go to break now, and we continue that when we come back. Um, yeah, I, I want I want to ask also when we come back about uh, uh, you know about venues, you know, the, the, you know where where these where stories can go. Anyway, we're talking with Bill Gentile. Uh, we're talking about storytelling. We're talking about backpack journalism, and you are listening to the brand ambassadors. And uh, we look forward to talking to Bill in a couple minutes. So uh, stay with us. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Why? Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program Welcome back to the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Gary Potterfield, along with Merritt Hamilton Allen, and our guest today, Bill Gentile. And um, uh, Bill, I know that uh, we were talking during the break a little bit about uh, so a new project you have. You know, inter- inter- we've talked a lot on our show over the uh, the series, you know, about the changing world of journalism, and 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 so it's important, obviously, for businesses and organizations and how they deal with them. But you've started, you, you know, you obviously have, have something going on with regard to the changing nature of journalism, and that's that series you series you have called Freelancers. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? 
Sure. You know, I tell people all the time that, that, that I was, you know, wildly fortunate enough to have worked in what I call the, the, the golden days of journalism. Uh, this was a period when, you know, our craft was more about information and the power of information and how to use that information to, to change uh, the world around us. Um, um, uh, as opposed to entertainment. Now we're bombarded with entertainment, with, with uh, uh, you know, fake news and, and all the rest of it. The, the, the series that I, they, that I started uh, um, uh, producing last year is called Freelancers, and, and it's about the freelance foreign correspondents. And I focus on, you know, foreign uh, journalism because that's where I've done most of my work. I lived in Mexico for four years and lived in Nicaragua for seven. I've worked in Latin America, uh, the Caribbean, Africa, Asia. Um, and, but what's happening to, to our field is, is the following. Uh, you know, mainstream news bureaus, CBS, ABC, New York Times, Washington Post, you name it, they're closing bureaus and cutting staff correspondents around the world. Now, into this void are stepping freelance foreign correspondents, guys like me, you know, who 40 years ago you know, left graduate school, got out of graduate school, and went straight to, to reporting overseas. Um, there, you know, it, it's not only guys now. It's it's a, a, a many women are, are are actively you know participating in the field. But what's happening is a lot of these young, you know, determined, uh, uh, tech savvy people are are going out to the field. Sometimes they're properly prepared and supported. Most of the times, they're not properly supported. Um, uh, sadly, we've seen examples. Uh, James Foley comes to mind. Of, of you know uh, young folks getting in trouble and, and, and losing their lives while while trying to to perform their tasks, so so my my series is about how these these people these new this new generation of journalists is out there bringing us the news the information that we consume every day on on television in newspapers in magazines on the internet everywhere you know and it's stunning how few people, how little is known about this new generation of people working the craft. I think that's fascinating because um, content just seems to be endless and come, uh, come from everywhere. And I do think, uh, particularly in 2018, as, as we're looking at uh, hostile actors in the information world, uh, can Consumers of content are becoming more sophisticated, and uh, uh, we hear critical thinking uh, a lot, and that's going to be a topic of, of another show, actually. But uh, for for me, as a consumer of media, to need to um, really uh, uh, dig a little deep and see where this is coming from, and uh, a lot of it is quality, a lot of it is... Um, uh, uh, authenticity yeah. is that something that you focused on in the in the backpack journalism course is authenticity well you know it's funny i i just got a a a message from one of my students who's in turkey right now and and doing a story and, uh, and thank you for reminding me because i have to respond to her email she's doing a story uh, she's working with syrian refugees <laughs> thousands of them are in are in turkey having uh, you know fled the the civil war in their own country and and she's worried about how to comport herself around, you know, uh, um, people who have been, you know, photographed and who have been, you know, uh, discarded and, and, and abused and, and, and threatened. Um, and she doesn't want to come off. This is a very sensitive young woman. She doesn't want to come off as, as being, you know, uh, too brusque or uncaring or, or 
um, too mercenary, uh, you know, by just making pictures of these folks and, and then disappearing from their lives. And 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 much of you know, in my response to her is going to be about authenticity. You know, it's it's been my experience that that you know you can go to the field and you can you can be interviewing the most uneducated, the the most poverty stricken uh, uh, people on the planet, and 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 they will understand, I think, fairly quickly, most of them, whether or not you are being sincere and authentic with them. And if they understand that you are being sincere and authentic and caring about them, you want to tell their story for the sake of telling that story, for, 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 because it, it, to, to inform the world about what's happening with their lives, then they will, they will be not, not only you know, uh, um, uh, cooperative with you, but they'll be, they'll be thankful they'll, and, they'll be, and they'll be eager to, to help you tell their story. You know, it's, it's, it's the characters that we work with, our subjects. These are the most important people in our lives. It's not the employers that pay us. It's not the organizations that we work for. It's the people who open their hearts and their, and their homes to us, who allow us to tell their story. Those are the most important characters in our, in, in, in our personal, in our professional lives. And we have to be protective about them. We have to be careful to, to not endanger them. Um, I can tell you stories about, about journalists who have, who have used people's names and stories when they should never have, have, have used their names and identified people who should never have been identified, and there have been consequences. You know, we live today in a world that is much, much more dangerous than, than it was when I started this craft, when I started working this craft 40 years ago. I mean, just last year, um, myself and a graduate student from American University, we went to Mexico for 10 days during spring break, actually, March 2017, and we, we you know, spent time up on the border. We spent time um, um, in the, the very, very traditionally violent state of Guerrero, um, and we spent time in the capital. And I can tell you that, that um, um, you know, it, it, the country is so much different now than it was uh, when I first moved there in 1977. You, you can just feel the tension in the air, and, and you, know, you can just feel people watching you. Um, uh, so, you know, it, it, this is a whole new, it's a whole new environment that, that, that these young correspondents are moving into, and they've got to be really, really careful about everything that they do, um, because they and, their, and, and the people they come in contact, in contact with, excuse me, um, can be endangered by them just doing their jobs. You know, um, for me, uh, Bill, I, I remember, uh, you know, I was, I was younger, um, you know, watching um, Charles Corralt on the uh, CBS, uh, you know, Sunday morning and, uh, and, and not knowing why the stories I saw on that were so compelling to me and interesting to me. I think one mm-hmm. thing that, I, that, that was there uh, in, in it, it was that a lot of times the stories, the, the reporter, the journalist, the producer, whoever was doing the story, uh, kind of put themselves in the background, and it was all about the story. And and uh, rather, so that you talk about characters, it was about them rather than about themselves. And what we find in journalism today so much is that it seems to be much more you know, the stand-up is all important and all this other stuff. So you know, that is I don't know that I find you know to be. The, the, one of the challenges today is that it's, it seems to be more about the reporter than it does to be about the story they're telling. You know, and I, can, I, I agree with you, and, and, and I can see I, sometimes the, the use of a, 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 a reporter or correspondent to kind of walk the audience through 
a long and complex story. Sometimes that's necessary. And I often, you know, narrate my pieces. Um, you, you, you rarely see me. Uh, you, sometimes you hear me. I make, a, make it a point to do the vast majority of my, my pieces where, you know, you don't see me. I, we're talking about a visual medium here, okay? And, 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 and again, we don't, we don't illustrate print stories. We tell visual stories. So, you know, the, the pictures that we generate to go along with these stories, these are the most, this is the engine inside the machine that we're trying to put together. Okay, uh, so you've got you've got a couple of components here. You have the visuals, which are the engine. You have the the the, the natural sound. You know the interviews. Uh, uh, the, you know that I call sometimes the transmission. And and you've got uh, the last component is is the narration that you can either use or not use. If you're if you're good enough in getting, uh, you know, the narration from your your subjects. Um, then you don't have to write a narration yourself, but a lot of times your subjects aren't going to be as articulate as you want them to be, so you have to write some, some, some narration to, to, to provide conceptual links to your, to your stories. Um, um, but, you know, the, the, the images being the most important part of this machine, why would, why would one put a, a, a correspondent in front of, you know, the camera to tell what's going on behind him when he could use characters in the story, um, um, you know, to be more effective. And, and the answer to that question is because it's faster and it's easier to put a correspondent in front of the camera than it is to spend time with people that's necessary to tell their stories. And, and you know, I, I tell my students, I say, look, you've got Don't you think it's also, uh, don't you think it's, we're going into... Uh, we got we got to uh, wrap up this thread in, in two minutes. But don't you think it's ego as well as on some correspondence part? I, I, I probably so. I think that, that, that that's a component of it. Um, um, and, and it's also you know this whole star kind of uh, uh, you know society that we live in today. Uh, you, you know you've got. Uh, and, and some of these guys are really, really good. You know, some of these correspondents are smart. You know, they they they, they know how to to uh, uh, break down a story and, and deliver it in in a, in a very, very understandable way. And you know, it's 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 uh, it, it's a it's a tough game out there. Uh, and and you know, it, it's you know, making these stories understandable to people. Sometimes you need to have one of these guys out there telling you what's what's happening behind the screen. But but what I do, backpack journalism, is all about using characters, powerful images, smart narration to make the conceptual links. That's, that's the key to success in, in what I teach. Oh, I love that. We're going to continue our conversation with uh, Bill Gentile after the break. You're listening to the Brand Ambassadors. Send us a, a message or a question if, if you have one uh, for Bill at brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities 
securities and real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program Welcome back to the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Gary Ponderfield, along with Merritt Hamilton Allen and our guest today, Bill Gentile from American University and the World. Um, and uh, we were talking about storytelling and backpack journalism. And you know, before we get to the, because the show this this uh, segment's going to end quickly and we'll be out of here. But I want to get one question uh, to you, Bill. You know, where do you think people should go? Um, if they want to get authenticity, these kind of good stories um, about the world, I mean, are there are there outlets for this? Where's, what are the outlets for the kind of work that you're you're talking about? Yeah, you know, in general, I think that you're not going to get a really concise um, a picture of what's happening in the world around us if, if you rely on one, you know, just one source of information. It just doesn't happen that way because because there there is a lot of fake news out there these days, um, um, and and you got you got to get a variety of, of opinions and, and, and perceptions on, on on information. So every morning when I get up, you know, I start with the New York Times. Um, uh, you know, I'll I'll read the Washington Post. I'll watch. Uh, uh, the War and Peace Report, Amy, uh, Amy Goodman, and, and, and democracynow.org. Um, I, I get all kinds of, of, of informational uh, messages from, from you know, um, other organizations. Uh, I'll read The Atlantic. I'll read The New Yorker. So, and I'll watch, I'll watch Vice News. I mean, Vice does a really good job. Uh, you know, I, I think some of the networks, they, they try, but their audience is very, very identifiable. It's very, very specific. Um, um, you know, and they have to uh, slip some entertainment in there, you know, kind of lighthearted stuff. So um, I'm, I'm a little bit all over the place, and, um, you know, uh, so that I get uh, opinions and, and, and perceptions from all over the place as well. Uh, do you talk to your students about that, about the need to be informed from multiple sources? I do. I, I, I speak with my students about, you know, and, and what I want to do with my students, I want to challenge them. You know, I, I, I don't want to be the person that stands up, in, you know, in front of the class and says, you have to memorize this, you have to memorize that, and I'll test you on it, and, and therefore that'll decide, you know, define your success or, or lack of success in the class. I'm not one of those guys. My main objective in class is to bring students around, to entice them to, 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 to you know, uh, inspire them to learn. That's that's really what I want to do. I want I want to inspire students. I want to animate students to learn. I want to to encourage them to learn to seek out other information and to and to get different opinions on what's happening 
in the world around them. You know, we're, in a, we're living in a very, very dangerous time. And without being too specific, I mean, you have people who are telling Americans, don't believe what you see and hear, believe what I'm telling you. You know, and, 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 and you know, one of the things that I'm trying to achieve with this, with this freelancers series is I'm trying to personalize um, uh, the people who bring us these, 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 this information from around the world. I'm trying to make you understand that, you know, this woman who, who is doing, for example, in Mexico, this woman who is, who is making a, a film about, about uh, midwives in Mexico, I mean, she could be your next door neighbor. You know, the guy that, that, that's, that's risking his life to make pictures in, 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 in uh, Nogales or, or you know, uh, uh, other border cities between the United States and Mexico, you know, he could be the, the, the kid across the street that you grew up knowing. He could be you know, the kid you used to play basketball with. And they are. These are the people who are bringing that, that, that information. And, and the more they become familiar, the more the audience becomes familiar with these storytellers, I think and I hope, um, the more effective those storytellers can be, and, and the better, uh, the, better the, the audience will be for, for having made those connections with these people. So, Bill, do you think that the storyteller uh, is, 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 uh, is, is it improving the situation for the storyteller, or is it, going, or is it getting more difficult for the storyteller? Um, where, do you think, where do you think things lie right now? I think, and this, and this is what I tell my students as well, I think that for the first time in the history of the world, we have the, the, the ability now to communicate instantly, globally, and in a language that everybody can understand. That's the visual storytelling language. I tell students, you know, you should be able to turn off the sound to your piece, and just by watching the pictures, if you're good enough, the audience will get a general understanding of, of what's happening, what, 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 what point you're trying to make, what you're trying to communicate. Now, Getting those stories to the audience is a different challenge. It's a completely different challenge, and that's the second half of the game. Uh, because if you, may, you, you, know, you can come up with, wonderful, with a wonderful product, but if you can't get it in front of people, you know, it goes nowhere. And, 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 and that challenge is, 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 is in, in many ways, a little more complex um, um, and, and a little bit harder uh, in some ways than actually making the, 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 the piece. But there are vehicles out there, and if you work hard at it, you'll find those vehicles and you'll get the stuff in front of people. This is not, this is not something that we do 9 to 5. This is something that we wake up thinking about. It's something that we go to bed thinking about. It's, it's something we do on weekends. It's part of our life. And, and the act of doing this thing, of telling stories, trying to enlighten people, trying to inform people honestly about what's happening in the world, this defines us as people. As human beings, I think it doesn't matter, you know, uh, uh, if 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 we get immediate remuneration for what we're doing, you know, just the act of doing these good things makes you what you become. I don't know if that's too preachy or if you you follow me with that, but that's no. that's hallelujah. No, that's no, what I, that's what I that's no. what I believe. Sorry. No, I love that. Uh, we've got uh, the, that's perfect. But uh, we've got four minutes left in this show. What I want to ask is if if you were covering, if you could cover uh, any story around the world uh, next week, where would you go? I would probably return to Nicaragua. That's an easy one for me because, you know, Nicaragua is is all of these foreign correspondents. All of us, uh, if we're lucky, 
if we're lucky, we, we form these emotional and spiritual ties to, to a nation. And sometimes they make sense and sometimes they don't. I mean, I think, you know, Nicaragua is this magically, you know, interesting place with, with, with many, many beautiful people and a, a, um, a very, very generous. Um, uh, um, and, and I started to work in, in that place in 1979. It was the first time that I ever saw war, the first time that I ever saw dead people in the street. Uh, my first wife, I met her there in Nicaragua. It's the first time that I saw people bind together to overthrow a government um, uh, so that they could change the course of their country. Now, of course, we've seen, you know, we've seen this thing go in circles. It's, and it's changing like, again. Yeah, it's, 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 the, the story is being repeated. And, and tragically, you know, uh, some of the players... Uh, like the president of the country, um, I mean, he was one of the guys that, that was involved in, in the initial uh, uh, Sandinista revolution that took power in 1979, and, and now his own people are, are, are trying to get him out of power. You know, which is, you know, one more, you know, uh, 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 case in point that uh, um, power corrupts, and, and absolute power corrupts absolutely, and, and, and it's a tragic... You know, I was there when 30,000 people were killed. And in, in that, that was the final offensive of 1979. And over the course of the next 10 years, another 35,000 people were killed during the Contra War, which was sponsored, you know, in part by the United States, I mean, largely by the United States of America. So you're talking about 70,000 people, uh, uh, you know, dead in a country that is tiny. I think it's about the size of Vermont or something. Um, um, and it, and, it, and it, at that time, it had about, it had fewer than 5 million people. And think of that. 70,000 people in a country with 5 million people in it. I mean, we lost 3,000 people on September 11th, and that was a lot of people. But this country has 330 million people in it. So, you know, everybody's family, including the, the, the family of my first wife, was, was impacted, you know, profoundly by, by these conflicts. Um, and, and it's just really hard to see what's happening now. Um, so that, that's, to answer your question, um, Merritt, I would, I would jump on a plane and go back to, to Nicaragua. Um, but, you know, this current project, this freelancer's project, is, is what I have to devote my time to now. And, and, you know, particularly at this stage of the game, for me, everything comes down to, you know, the, my, 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 most, my most important commodity is time. And, and I have to use it as effectively as I can to, to, to you know, tell these stories and, and, to, and to leave something behind after I'm done. Well, uh uh, powerful words. I mean, uh, Gary and I had very little to say on this show because uh, we wanted to, uh, to hear your stories. And I encourage all of our listeners uh, to follow Bill Gentile. Uh, visit his website at billgentile.com. You've been listening to the brand ambassadors for Bill Gentile and Gary Potterfield. I'm Merritt Hamilton Allen. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in this week to the Brand Ambassadors. Please join Merritt Hamilton Allen and Gary Potterfield for another edition next Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.